Hello, welcome to the First Issue Club podcast. We're your weekly comic book reading club where just like Sue Storm, we love a good read. And as the name implies, we're talking a lot of First Issue comics, the most accessible kind. A jumping on point for new fans, a revisiting point for old fans. Man, the excitement of a new story. What's better than this? Tell me. I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. It's why I'm a co-host of this, and my name is Greg. I disagree, and that's why I'm a co-host, and my name is Vargas. Such is the essence of the show that I so graciously host, and I'm Mike D. What's up, everybody? Hey, nothing. That was a fire intro. It really was. Appreciate that. This is um, a self-congratulatory segment we do every week. Applaud ourselves Great for doing intro. the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We remembered the thing we always say. Yeah, we took our antidepressants. We're all good. <clears throat> I didn't clear my throat beforehand, so very scratchy. Oh, fucking amateur hour. <coughs> Look, if there's one thing that's important to a podcast, it's upfront branding. You gotta <laughs> nail the first ten seconds, everything or else. people are gonna get bored and, right. and jump off. Nothing else matters. This week on the Patreon, I uploaded a video of my new slabs that I opened. Woohoo! Mike D's Holothon Slab Edition. Got a lot of stuff signed by Chris Claremont, Roy Thomas, books signed by Chip Zdarsky. Never heard of him. Um, creator, creator of Batman. This is one thing where um, Chip Zdarsky doesn't really do conventions anymore. No, he's starting to again. Is he really? Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. This was one where... So my Daredevil number one from Zdarsky got a 9.8, which I was really stoked on mm-hmm. because I was like, it's kind of getting rare and rare to be able to get your hands on his signature, but maybe that's not the case anymore. Well, I mean, he's, he lives in Canada, so he's doing mostly like Canada cons yep. and um, little shops around there. Will he ever make it to the U.S.? I hope so, but it may be like a C2E2 or a New York Comic Con situation. His line would be massive at this point. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would think he's been all, he's been off cons since COVID. Yep, and has since done well. I think since he stopped doing cons, Daredevil and Batman both came out right he wasn't yeah. still doing them when no those started. Yeah. no it was covid and then boom daredevil and then boom yeah. batman yeah. right you know these creators come they come into our country <laughs> they take all of our comic book writer jobs <laughs> that's why i support not building the wall. See, I flipped it. Yeah, break that wall down. Let's get more chips at Darskis. More chips at Darskis, please. <laughs> Let's let them scurry across the border and hang out. You guys can have Rob Liefeld. Yeah, for free. And we will take another chips Darsky. Um, if you want to see that video, go to patreon.com slash first issue club. Also, over on the Patreon, we have a lot of more episodes and videos uh, other than us showing off their comics. Uh, where we are recording one tonight, where we have a few games to talk about and a few other variants that we've bought. So uh, go over. We're to not it. gonna play games. We're gonna talk about them. We'll yeah, just... we're just gonna talk about games. All right, because I totally yeah. made a game, then we're not gonna play it. Yeah, we're gonna right. discuss the game. Yeah, we're, I've printed off the rules of Monopoly, and we are going to discuss if it is, um, you know, excellent, uh, arbitrary, <laughs> too long, too long of a game. Monopoly, yes. Don't have the patience for it. I've never finished. I think isn't it, it, how you win Monopoly is you own all four railroads. I don't think anyone discusses that. Is that really? I think the that's truth? how you win Monopoly. No, that is not how you win Monopoly. You win Monopoly by taking everyone else's money. Yeah, right. Well, then that's how. That's why that game is longer than Risk. I think you ultimately have to own everything. No, you just have to own uh, the other people on the board. <laughs> Just like in real life. I just go straight to jail and get a Netflix series. Oh, dope. That's, that's how a, I do it. That's a great idea. Who is this in reference to? I don't know. Tiger King. <laughs> Tiger King, uh, the kid who maybe killed someone but didn't. Yeah, making a murderer. Making a murderer. Um, who else? Orange is the New Black. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, that one. Locked up. Nice. Orange is the New jail Black. Jail is so hot right now. It you was... don't even realize. <laughs> Orange is the New Black and making a murderer were so long ago, though, right? Uh, in the zeitgeist, sure, but, you know, they're timeless. <laughs> yeah, they were like five years ago, Greg. <laughs> wow. Hot right now, as in the, this millennia. Um, <laughs> Orange is the New Black kind of, like, kicked off Netflix, didn't it? It was one of their first biggest hits. Yeah, it was sure. one of their biggest hits, for sure. I don't yeah. know, um, 
one of the first originals mm-hmm. anyway that was like a big deal. Yeah, well, yeah you got to see girls kissing. I think L- Lilyhammer was their first like actual. Wow, I didn't realize that was a Netflix. Thing. Yeah, was, that was their first ever made uh, in-house pro- product. For some reason, I thought that was HBO because it wasn't TV. It just looked like it. That's yeah. why everyone loved mm-hmm. it. Uh, before we get too far into the episode, I want to give a quick shout out. I showed up on the short box podcast with our friend Botter to talk about the Flashpoint series and the cultural impact it had on DC Comics and yeah. and uh, cinema and TV at large. Uh, the new Flash movie coming out is basically lifting that story and putting it on the big screen. Uh, the Flash CW did its kind of version of Flashpoint on there. So um, shout out to those guys for having me on to talk about that for a little bit. I heard the movie's very good. It is very good. Which is odd. It shouldn't be good. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. everything that surrounded it in making it in Ezra Miller in his crazy ass. Yeah. I think they just had a formula for fun mm-hmm. and it was refreshing for people. But yeah, a, a lot of the um, reviews that I read were very much so like, it's a complicated fun. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't feel great about like loving it. It's yeah. a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. It's like in the back of your head the whole time you're thinking this is problematic when you should be thinking, oh, this is so much, right. so much comic book payoff. I've told so many people, I don't know if I'm going to go see this in theaters because just Ezra Miller is someone I just really can't support right now. Yeah. And I just hate going to movie theaters. That is true. They always burn your popcorn. I don't understand it. <laughs> Even though tragedy feels good in a place like that, <laughs> I don't know if I could do it. Do you like that commercial? Um, I'm not going to. Okay, so now we know super corny, really dorky. The first time I saw it, it kind of got me. Okay. It kind of got me a little. I mean, it's been memed into oblivion. Yeah, right. It it really is like this Mason-Dixon line of just like, I love that commercial or I fucking hate that commercial. I think we got such a heavy dose of emotion and advertising during COVID stuff. And then when you started to see like the light at the end of the tunnel and movie theaters started opening up again, Mm -hmm. there was just a little emotion surrounding that. And Nicole Kidman's a great actress and did some good line reads in that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It got me. Oh, that's another thing. You always forget, or at least I do, that she's Australian Mm because she almost never plays Australian. Yeah. Except in the movie, Australia, with Hugh Jackman. It's a real movie. How about it? And is Keith Urban Australian? Maybe. Sure. That's another one where he's just like, he's like a country singer, yeah. right? Yeah. It's weird for him to be Australian. Uh, weird. Country from country singers? Australia is a country. Well, he's got, got me there. Yeah, checkmate. Mm-hmm. I think that commercial could have been improved with like two. <laughs> Nudity. I agree. Two normal people in the crowd. <laughs> like. She's it, a theater to herself. What ma- that's what makes it weird. <laughs> Is that it's just Nicole Kidman in the theater. You were zooming in on other people's reactions while she's doing the VO. Or at least if she like... (laughs) They're like, shut the fuck up. If she sits down and there's like other people in the theater. Uh Because I always got the vibe that like, oh, she's definitely watching a Nicole Kidman movie. Right. (laughs) She's watching the others. Just like, man, I was good in this. I was so good. Good (laughs) G'day. I like to put this film on the Barbie. Anyway. So, yeah, look out for that episode coming June 14th, right before the movie drops. And then, um, do you guys want to talk about some comic book news? Hit me with it, big boy. Have you seen that Kelly Thompson has announced her new project that she's going to be doing? And it's not at Marvel. Birds of Prey. Birds yeah. of Prey on DC. And, and Leo Romero is doing the art, and I love, it love, looks love him. fucking incredible. And she's slowly been uh, dripping out who the team's going to be. So as of this recording, we have Black Canary, mm-hmm. uh, Cassandra Cain. Uh-huh. Two, two that are like, yep. Fuck yeah. Makes sense. Three, Big Brada. Hell Curveball. Yeah. Huge yeah, curveball. <laughs> and the fourth cur- cur- curveball is from Wildcats, yeah. Zealot. Sure. Which is, she has like the swords and stuff, right? 
Yeah, I think they've got one mortar. It's a five-person team, Yep, right? so we get our final reveal on Friday. I think Zealot, everyone was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, anything is possible. Um, any guesses on who the fifth member will be? I saw some comments where on in the Instagram post from Leo Romero where, like, uh, they want to see... Uh, one of the girls from Gen 13. <laughs> Holy shit. My like, brain would melt. I was like, with the cast they've already got, if they threw in. I can't remember the name of the gal with like the short hair with the purple highlights. Oh, right. I um, can't either. But it's like, she's got a certain vibe that the rest of the team kind of has like a weird outsider yeah. indie comic feel. Big Barda, especially. Big Barda. Is it that's... Brada or Barda? I think it's, I, I have it B-R-A-D-A, Brada. Barada, okay. I don't so, know. I could have been reading it. I don't know. She could tell me way. whatever she wants her name to be pronounced, and I'll say, yes, yes queen. Yes, yeah. ma'am. <laughs> Step uh, on me, mommy. Yeah. I think the, the fifth member should be like Tomb Raider or something. <laughs> Just like something fucking crazy. I was going to say, Tulip O'Hare from Preacher. <laughs> now, okay, you joke, though. I know. That would be incredible. Death from Sandman. There, there it is. All DC properties. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, it's Silk Spectre. That's who it is from Watchmen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I. it definitely feels like every announcement has been a little like, oh, that's out of, that's unexpected. That's even more unexpected. Mm-hmm. And then the last one you would kind of expect to be like the most surprising. It's either going to be the most surprising or the most like, okay, that, make, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's either going to be Harley Quinn or... A new character, right? Created for the book. What's the? um... They really don't have a person in the chair role yet. Like someone who's at home base feeding them. So you just gonna have Oracle be the last? Could be Oracle. It could be. That would be pretty cool. You know. um, I mean, who knows? I, I I can't even think of anyone good that would be in that position. I was surprised to see the one Batgirl without the other, without Stephanie Brown. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I wonder so if that means that um, Batgirls is wrapping up. It is, unfortunately. Oh, bummer. Yep. It would be really cool if they brought Bluebird back from Scott mm. Snyder's Batman run. Yeah, that'd be sick. That would be cool. Yeah, I don't know. It's fun, it's fun to speculate, but we won't have to speculate for much longer because they're going to announce it tomorrow. I love these guessums that we do. <laughs> and that was guessums. It could be anything. By the time we release this, <laughs> God damn it. it'll probably be known. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, we'll be old news. We'll have to record an addendum yep. reaction show. <laughs> we can Instagram. edit an apology this, video. We can edit all this out. Folks, we apologize for saying Tomb Raider was going to be in the new Birds of Prey. Uh, my next order of news, which basically kind of shuts every piece of news out because it is the biggest news hit of the century. Uh, Predator is officially Marvel canon with its team up with um, Predator vs. Marvel. <laughs> Predator vs. Wolverine. It's a four-issue miniseries that will reveal a decades-old rivalry between one alien hunter and the mutant whose best there is at what he does. Here is the kicker. Yes, that sounds fun. Writing it. Benjamin fucking Percy, yeah, the dude you want on this fucking book. Uh, do you remember when I said this is the book they should make? Yeah, on this podcast, I don't I, remember. Yeah, that. yeah. One, you one hundred percent said it. We'll go back and we'll pull the audio. Yeah, we'll Bill Marvel. Except I think I said Ed Brisson should write it. Which that's fine. What yep. are you gonna do? Yep, I'm allowed to be wrong. There's their loophole. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm stoked about this I'm, I'm fucking jazzed because this opens the door for a million fucking cool variant covers. Yep. And then if this is successful, which it is, it's a four-issue series. Of, I mean, who, the sky's the limit now Dude. <laughs> of, of who Predator can fight and who and the alien thing can fight yeah. and then who Planet of the Apes can fight. Like, a- sorry. Aliens versus Predator versus Planet of the Apes versus Marvel. Yeah. Put it in my veins. Versus uh, Marvel Apes. <laughs> okay, now. Oh my God, Planet of the Apes versus Marvel, Marvel Apes. Apes. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Too much brain synergy. Um, okay, I'm going to ask a very stupid question. I am not a Predator fan. Not on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm not like, I hate it. Yeah. I just like have never really been exposed. Not believable. I just missed it in the cultural zeitgeist. Sure. Um Predator. Mm-hmm. It's singular. Is Predator a species? 
So the Yatja is the species of predator. Okay. It's going to full stop on that. He knew he knew the alien race of the predator. Yeah, man. It's part of it's it's part of the alien franchise. 6 times yes. 213. No. Okay. No. No I knew That's were... not my type of autism. Okay. I knew they were related to alien. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or at least they like hunted alien Correct. because alien were like the, they hunted everything. Some of the greatest right. game, right? Yeah, Al- the alien aliens. Uh, the, the yes, the, the xenomorphs. The xenomorph. Xenomorphs is, is a better way to put it. Yeah, is part of the predator, uh, like ritual of, of becoming an adult. You have, oh. you have to hunt a, a xenomorph. No and shit. Kill one. Yeah. Oh fuck, that's cool. That's part of their thing because it's Did like that species the, create the xenomorphs. No, because xenomorphs were like genetically engineered to be. Like well, killers or isn't it like the big giant white things that it, were in? It depends on what canon you're talking okay. about. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> this is the stuff people tune in for. Yeah, and the stuff I like Spill hashing it. out. Spill it. Explain to me. So there, there's Knowledge basically daddy. There, there's basically two schools of thoughts. One is that <laughs> do we decimal me? <laughs> one, one is that the engineers, the big white guys yes. from like Prometheus mm-hmm. and Alien Covenant, <clears throat> created. The, the black goo, which in turn created the aliens, yeah. the xenomorphs. This, this is how I've interpreted the story. So xenomorphs are symbiotes. Yeah, kind of. The, the, the goo that created them mm-hmm. mutates bodies into xenomorphs. Whoa, And they're, they're just like kind of the accidental end point of these mutations. Okay. The other school of thought is... The engineers found xenomorph DNA and weaponized it. Mm-hmm. So they found okay. this this apex predator on a planet, yeah. whatever planet it was, got their DNA, turned it into the black goo mm-hmm. that they could drop a bomb on a planet, and it would boom turn, alien it, planet. Yeah, exactly, boom alien planet. But so can these engineers control the alien species then? Because why would you make something that you can't control? That is the ultimate idea yeah, behind kind of the lesson in it. In Prometheus, alien, yeah. yeah. As you can see, I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> it's good. It's, I yeah, I liked it. I I think it had one of the best trailers of all time. <laughs> it has Fassbender in it, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't. I was so stoked for it. I think it could have never lived up to the hype I'd created created for it in my head. But I think it was still a really great movie. I tried to put a lot of importance on it and maybe thought into it more than necessary. But mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, it's great. And I think it's like, you know, same director as the Ridley Scott, yep. right? Um, so it feels tonally a little more like sparse, like the original Alien movie, mm-hmm. which I really like. Um and then I love something that just kind of gives some like vague open ended origin that yeah. lets your like mind run wild about like, oh, we're finding out important things about the creation of these mythoses and yada yada. Yeah, I'm really, the same way. Really cool movie. But yeah. um Predator mm-hmm. is what we were talking about. Right. Um I'm assuming the comics coming up, it's going to be like so it's set in the a, time a when guy? like one predator. Yes, it's one predator, and it, it's set in the time when Wolverine is Weapon X. Yeah. Okay. So in that time frame when he's just like kind of running around the wilderness naked with just tech on him. Yeah. Uh, that's when it's going to be uh, a set. And it, uh, I'm so I'm so stoked for this. It's gonna be wild. And if they don't make it just balls to the wall bananas, then I mean Benjamin Percy's writing it. It's going to be so that, yeah, there is some hope there. Um, and I guess there's a multiple artists on this uh book, okay? So I don't understand why that is, but maybe each new issue is drawn by a different artist. It'd be cool if it was like throughout the era Mm -hmm. because, like, in the Predator movie, predators have been coming to Earth for like hundreds of years hunting people, so it'd be sick Mm -hmm. if it's like that's what happened to Amelia Earhart. Yeah, she actually, a lot of people don't know that, got killed by a predator. Yeah, she was one of our apex hunters. <laughs> Some people think it was uh, coconut crabs that ate her bodies. Nay, nay. Nope. She's actually 
fighting predators still, still fighting still, still to fighting. this day yeah yeah i hear she's actually training them <laughs> she is the predator yeah <laughs> she's because she's taken up the mantle of predator <laughs> db cooper also one also of, uh, a predator oh. he got taken right out of the also sky also a predator al capone's wealth that used to be in the <laughs> in the vault in the vault uh-huh also a predator the cave sentient mm-hmm. the big bopper <laughs> He went missing? <laughs> no. He just died in a plane crash. <laughs> everyone, who's, everyone who's died in a plane crash becomes a predator. That's actually what heaven is. Uh, <laughs> so so take comfort, everyone. 9-11 was actually just a big, a big trip to exodus heaven. to heaven. Well. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Um, Wolverine versus Predator. Yeah. Yeah, there was a line of thinking there that I was excited by. Um, Wolverine through the eras, through the eras. Yeah. yes, that you could have like Civil War era Wolverine fighting Predator, <laughs> yeah. and you could also have like he just Vietnam, keeps coming across them. Vietnam yeah, era Wolverine that would be fighting so Predator. Sick. Well, I guess that makes sense because like word would spread. They're just like, yeah. okay, Earth has this one dude this who's, yeah, who's a fucking like, menace. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> he is disrespecting he, all of our warriors. He, he cannot, killed Bruce like a chump. Yeah, yeah, he cannot be killed. He just regenerates. Wouldn't that be so cool? Yeah, yeah that'd be I really hope pretty fucking rad. Yeah. Um, I've always thought, I remember when, um, the big Marvel got aliens that the brood in X-Men were always just like a Mm. fill in for aliens. Sure. Sure. More or less. I don't know when the, like the dates aligned there about like when they were writing brood comics, it might've been like right after the first movie. That would make sense. That came I have, out. That I have no idea. But first movie was seventy nine. Yeah, it was probably a right around the same time. Um, but in any case, uh, I just thought it'd be really fun if they just transposed like that and just had the X Men fighting aliens. Dude, X Men versus aliens. She our planet yeah. would be really fun. So honestly. the first time the brood appeared was uh, Uncanny X Men one fifty five in March of eighty two. Eighty two. So three years later. Yeah totally tracks i mean visually it's easy to make the comparison between the brood and xenomorph yeah. so and kind of how they like take over your body yeah. and turn you into a, a, a brood a brood yeah yeah very similar thing they've got the like brood egg yeah a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of similar 10 things you need to know about the brood it's <laughs> well, listicle they for the are Patreon. aliens too they are mean. <laughs> but I, yeah, I'm I love Benjamin Percy. I think that sounds fun. Um if I was more of a Predator fan, I'd probably be like so stoked for it. But at the same time, there's a hint of like it's other IP. I'm not like I'm having a harder time getting like totally stoked on it because of that. All right, check this out. The brood are inspired by aliens xenomorphs. Okay. Uh, Chris Claremont and Dave Cockrum thought the disturbing design and intention of the film Xenomorphs would be perfect for Marvel's X-Men. There it is. So Confirmed. Yeah. There is some inspiration drawn from that. You know, the funny thing is, growing up like a child of the 90s, is that you don't associate X-Men that much with outer space because we grew up on the cartoon, and that's kind of how we got introduced to the X-Men. Yeah. And then by the time we were buying comic books... It was like Onslaught and a lot of Earth-based stuff. Yeah. And as an adult, you go back and you're just like, man, so much outer space fodder. Did they like, ever get to Earth? Yeah, yeah. I know. They're just in like space for so long. Why do people still hate them? They've been in space for nine years. <laughs> and I do love that that's like uh, during this like Dawn of X, Death of X stuff that they're doing um they're kind of bringing that back and i thought sword was really fun and yeah putting mutants on mars was really fun rise and fall of the shiar empire is one of my favorite x-men stories mm. i love that good stuff what, what else what other news that's all the news i have for right now i mean those are the two big bombs that i had and they were good kelly ones. thompson on new dc book and predator is now marvel canon well, that's it all we need is just a sentence or a taste just a hint of what's to come and we can rattle on for days yeah 
We were we were built for the podcasting world, my friend. Uh, let's get into the books we read. I read Betty Page Numero Uno. Fucking oh, so did I. Did you? All right. It is, I was like, what's a book that neither of you guys are going to read? That was honestly like why I read that uh, one first. Well, sell me on it, boys. All right. It's from Dynamite. It's written by Mirka Andolfo and Luca Bengino. Art is by Alyssa Ferrari and Mara Angelili and Tommaso Ronda. Mike, take it away. This comic book I would give to an eight-year-old. Absolutely. And be like, hey, here's a fun story about a woman who's trying to figure out how to have it all. Uh-huh. Um, and it was just like a fun mystery that was very accessible. It it was not, given who Mirka Andolfo is and the kind of books that she's written, mm-hmm. I expected this to be like... Uh, a very juicy comic book. <laughs> so it was surprisingly unhorny. Yeah, the only horny thing about it was the cover. Other than that, absolutely nothing. So it was yeah. definitely a dynamite book. <laughs> it, re- it The whiplash I got from cover to content, I was just like, whoa, this does not well, match up at and all. the art style is like very cute, very fun. It reads like a boombox yeah. comic. Oh, wow. Do you guys remember the book uh, Goldie Vance? Yeah, uh-huh. it kind of reminded me of that of just like, uh, you know, teen adventure yeah. mystery book, mm-hmm. and I, I I wasn't expecting that when I picked up a Betty Page book, especially written by Mirka, and I was pleasantly shocked and surprised. Yeah, I loved it. I think, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> it's hard for Dynamite to step away from sexy covers because. I think they make a lot of money on that. And I think they pay the bills. There's a lot of old heads who love pinup art and just buy these comics and their variants. And they've got their go-to artists that people are fans of. And those people know how to draw women. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) for better or worse, if you like their style or the clothing they put them in, the positions they put them in, they've got like that very specific niche art down and know what, those kind of fans like to me a lot of times i feel like it's to the detriment of the comic because i've read like um i really enjoyed the vampirella red sonia uh comic and i would not have bought that if it weren't for leonardo romero's covers who did this like cartoony fun pop art style with them that wasn't over the top, but I just love his art style. And then I read that book. And again, it's like they allude in those to a little bit of like, ooh, are uh, Red Sonia and Vampirella being like a little cheeky with each other? But they create this like bond over time and they're like friends throughout eras and decades while they're time hopping. And it's really a story of two women who are kind of like immortal and have found this like transcendent friendship that uh, continues through the eras and they always find each other. I can't wait until we're repeating this review for Wolverine versus Predator. (laughs) (laughs) The love story we didn't know we needed. Yeah. I wish I knew how to quit you, Logan. <laughs> you and your crab face. But it really is. I think that's, I think you sometimes see the women who are authoring these comics and you're like, why would you write this comic? It's like smut. And it's like disrespectful to women. And then you read the comics and you're like, no, women have been writing these comics and telling like beautiful stories about friendship (laughs) with with women and power with women and all this great stuff in these books for years. But you just assume that they're trashy. Yeah. Yeah. It's us men who are the problem, who who have written the smut previously. And I think that's, um, and I don't know if it's the women behind the comics who are like, 
I want Erica Henderson to do a cover for this, mm-hmm. who started doing a lot of dynamite covers, and her art is fun, and she draws like very whimsy, curvy women, and will do whimsical stuff, and doesn't kind of, you know, go to those like male gazy mm-hmm. sort of art styles, and that speaks a lot more to the spirit of what's in the comic than the traditional covers do. And I don't know. It's hard to tell because there are certainly books of Dynamite still where you're just like, yeah, this is gross. Like, this is just sure. an excuse for, like... This is to make covers. Women to make out, in, yeah. like, on the covers and on the interiors. Mm-hmm. And um, the people buying this, like... Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, hubba, hubba. Are, aren't necessarily, like pride lgbtq like friendly people but they're like women making out yeah. i do like that part of it, <laughs> they though. don't have access to the it's internet like, so it just makes you think of these grimy uh people who but yeah i don't know um this book was just refreshing because of that because it was just so surprising yeah where i really expected and i think Merka and dolfo could have done something very like horny with this and i probably would have liked it too because she's good great yeah at she's doing, sex like, positive and knows how to write doing a sexy sex, story sex positivity right yeah and i think you could also probably tell a sex positive story with this character mm-hmm. without immediately being like where's the dicks in the <laughs> first issue you know what i mean right like ease into it set up a story arc first before you like where the dicks at show show that this character is like so sex positive that she's like right. being horny all the time and i think it's even kind of with betty page it's even grosser because she was manipulated so much in her life to be this pinup artist and she was taken advantage of and like her likeness was used without her permission so like to actually have a positive story with her name attached to it is like Mm -hmm. just a a nice bow to put on it of just like she's more than this sex pot that didn't really have much say in what happened and now to give her more of a some more agency and some more you know uh character it's cool Uh, that's what i really loved about it uh so mercandolfo is from italy and in this Mm -hmm. story arc Betty Page gets taken to Italy because a director sees her uh, some photos of her and is like, I'm obsessed. This is my new muse. I'm going to put her in my movie. I don't care that she can't speak Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just dub over her just being like, blah, 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 in the shots. And spaghetti, then, spaghetti. <laughs> Italian. And then weird stuff keeps happening, and her secretary is like, I'm not really, I think something's wrong as a foot. Mm-hmm. And they inspect it and look into it a little more, and they find a woman who looks just like her. Right, like and an identical like, twin. Yeah, that's like the cliffhanger is like, there's another woman who looks just like Betty Page. So is Betty Page like a detective? Is that We're going to find out. This, this, is, this definitely has like a weird mystery theme hooked to it i think that's kind of cool in this comic it seems like the the secretary is gonna be the is like the um velma who was like actually interested in like solving the thing (laughs) and then betty's kind of like i'm here for my movie yeah and Mm -hmm. like I'm tired of getting like screwed on all these contracts and right. like I'm finally I finally got a break and oh don't read too much into it. We're having fun, but um Then she sees her doppelganger and, and then she sees her doppelganger and things are gonna go the other way. But the other the other woman is kinda playing the detective part. Yeah, I would agree with that. I was I was pleasantly surprised by this book, to be honest. And then she's got her agent who is just like, money, money, money. Yeah, yeah. But like, all right, well, I'll look into it for you guys, but like, yeah. don't mess it up for the money. <laughs> Which again is like, if you're going to be true to Betty Page, mm-hmm. having a man in the picture who's like, does that make us money though? Yeah. Is definitely. Betty, does that make us money? <laughs> but, no, but, sir. But they, I guess they handle it in a way that's like, He's a fun character now instead of a depressing, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. sad one. Right. But there's it's still a part of the, her story. Yeah. Cool. I read In Hell We Fight. Uh, John on, Lehman, on right? Image, Com- Image Comics from John Lehman and Jock. Oh, I didn't realize. J-O-K. Yeah. Oh, different Jock. <clears throat> different Jock. Too. 
Um, this is a story about a journey through hell. <laughs> Dope. And you get the setup of like what hell is and why these characters are there. And this main lead character that we're following was dragged to hell by a demonic frog because he was killing other frogs. So um, now they're just like traveling through hell with like this demon that they've befriended to uh, figure out how to like take down the hierarchy and like maybe eventually get out of hell. And um, it's very cool. It's a really easy setup for number one. Uh, some light exposition, some setup. Uh, the character design's really great. Each character like of this three pack that are walking around hell have like an they're each uh, unique personality. Like one kid is like haunted by a cursed hatchet that's in the back of his head. And so whenever he pulls it out to hand it some to someone, a new one grows in its place. So like he has like an unlimited supply of weapons. And there's this like other girl who's like always in control and like very bossy. And it was very cool. It was very fun. It was a, it was a typical John Layman book, which is not a diss. It is a uh, it is a praise because every John Layman book I've read has just been uh, an absolute heater. Oh, the, the characters we're following were killing frogs. One of them was so like it was like kind of like a. Uh, Are we rooting for ill will for this character? I we don't really know. Like it, the kid just hates frogs, and so like he was uh, smashing a frog. A demonic frog showed up and like plucked him with his tongue from earth straight into hell. Yeah, and so now we're just following them through hell. We don't really cheer for them or jeer for them. Okay, not dead. He well living to hell. Uh, I think he would die in the process. He doesn't look great. Yeah. So is this a is this a died and gone to hell, or is this like a Constantine, where he's still a living guy mm-hmm. walking through? We want to really... know the rules of hell. You yeah. said at the top of this that so we figure out okay. what hell is. Okay. You gotta tell us what hell the is. The first here, ever bud. six hour long episode <laughs> in Genesis. We are given. No I'm kidding. Is this a literal hell or a metaphysical hell? I am in hell right now. <laughs> Um, it's, 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 it's left of the reader to decide. I'm sure it'll be explained as the series goes on. Yeah. Uh, just have fun with it. It's, it's a good time. Got it. Uh, characters have some witty banter back and forth. The imagery of these big demons in hell is really cool. Um, out on image comics. I thought it was great. Sounds dope. That's all I wanted to hear. Did John Lehman write Outer Darkness? Um, yes, because it crossed over with Chew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. I ne- I really liked it, and I never finished it. Outer Darkness was really, really good. I need to maybe buy that one in trade. One of the best crossovers ever was uh, Nailbiter. <laughs> and Chew. Nailbiter Chew. Yeah. Pretty sure they did that crossover. I love that they did crossovers with Chew. It's really funny. They should do that more <laughs> it's often. It's very funny. I think they did a revival, too, mm-hmm. didn't they? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Really funny. <laughs> so silly. It's great seeing like the a Jenny Frizen revival cover, but with uh, with two characters, two characters. Yeah. yeah, just a chicken. <laughs> Jenny Frizen do poyo. Um, I also read "You've Been Canceled" by Mad Cave. It's written by Kurt Pyers, who did "It's Only Teenage Wasteland" and "Indigo Children." Why and does this sound familiar? Did uh, that come out this week? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So. And it's also it's uh, illustrated by Kevin Castronero. Uh huh. It is basically so set in the future. Uh, our bloodlust for vengeance and righteous revenge, humans' bloodlust, yes, has melded with our fascination with social media and television. Yeah. And so now it's like a American Idol voting scenario where your life is put up on a screen of like you've done all these deeds we as a society have decided that you have been canceled as a person and these like bounty hunters go out and try to kill you oh you know what this sounds like i hate to sometimes compare comics and it happens stories because i had the same thing yeah um What's the one with the two gals who are assassination? No, not assassination, but um, no, it was also an it was an image book. Ooh, yeah, because it, it's gonna be a movie. Yeah, it got optioned. Anyway, yeah, it's it's similar to that of just like because like one of the main bounty hunters that, that was we... like cra- that was like a it was like a crowdfunding thing mm-hmm. where you could crowdfund a bounty for somebody and then bounty hunters go after this person and kill them. 
Yeah. Um, like she had gone viral. Crowded. Crowded. Like it was crowdfunded. Yeah. That comic was great. I yeah. think it was like a 12-issue run. Correct. I really liked it. Yeah. And so it's kind of in the same vein as that. Like one of these bounty hunters, his life gets exposed. And so now he has been canceled. Aha. And so now he has to escape his own cancellation, clear yeah. his name or whatever. Um, the artwork in this is fucking bananas. It is high octane, like balls to the wall imagery of these just bounty hunters, like essentially just like running through these cityscapes, hunting people down, blowing their brains out. It is it is crazy. It looked very Daniel Warren Johnson. There are some hints of that. Yeah. Who who is writing this? Kurt Pyers. He did Indigo Children and okay. It's Only Teenage Wasteland. Yeah, like him a lot. Yeah. He's also, I think he has like an Amazon show out right now. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I will say that sometimes I'm wary of things that are a commentary on cancel culture. I I know what you're, okay, go on. You know what I'm getting at. Yes. Is, <laughs> is that a lot of the people who are like, ugh, I hate cancel culture are people who have shitty opinions mm-hmm. on women mm-hmm. or queer people sure. and said something on Twitter or whatever and right. are like, I got put to shame. And it's like, oh, because people put you make, in your place, make you accountable for the bullshit you say. Right. Like you're going to be like, think of how dangerous cancel culture could become. Um, and I, I, I don't. And it's also been done a lot, I think. Oh, I feel, for sure. I feel like we've just had like so much sci-fi cancel culture mm-hmm. shit already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Black Mirror did it. We can be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, given Kurt's other books, I don't. His idea for this book was just like, let's take this idea to the nth degree. Yeah. Of like, what if we were just allowed to do? Like, what if society mm-hmm. was just all agreed upon of like. We can do this. This is a yeah. fun thing we do. Like we and, go to Buffalo Wild Wings and watch you've been canceled. And I didn't I didn't read the book and sometimes these like maximalist takes on cultural ideas are really fun. Mm-hmm. Um I would just say I'm hesitant to buy this comic because of that. That would be my my reluctance to And I think that name is purposeful. In. Like it's supposed yeah. to trigger uh, yeah. a reaction from you. Oh, trigger me? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Not a chance. Did I mention that I'm, I'm no in s- hell? <laughs> I'm no snowflake. Yeah. Listen you here, trigger me. you libtard cucks. <laughs> I pull the trigger in this town. Yeah, I'm a welder. My balls drop in the toilet. And I was born in September. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a welder? Yeah. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? You ever, you ever seen those shirts that are like, it's like so like... Yeah, I'm a welder. I don't have any filters, and I say whatever comes to my mind. Also, I I, <laughs> I kneel at church and not on the flag. Yeah, <laughs> like like the best shirts of all time. Yeah, we get yeah. It. You get them at any gas station, any Flying J, you can get one. I get what you're saying. When I think welder, though, mm-hmm. I think like union. No, yeah, I know, but like they can be gruff. <laughs> <laughs> you could be in the union and still be a shithead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Some of my uncles are. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's fine. You could participate in something that's good for society and uh, also hate society. Yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> that's why QAnon exists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last book I read was Steelworks out on DC, written by Michael Dorn, a.k.a. Worf from yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, that's. I almost bought this book. In art by Sammy Passery. Um, the book was good. I say that as a just let's get the, let's get yeah, in front let's of get that. that okay, out of okay. there. The book is good. Mm-hmm. Michael Dorn was given free range to write as many words as he wanted in this oh, book, oh. okay. and he took full advantage. <laughs> he took full advantage of that. No, there, word, no, no room for pictures. <laughs> there are double page spreads where I was just like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> like I had my highlighter out. I was like, yeah, yeah, um. But the story it's telling is pretty cool. Just like steel is essentially just like, are we needed? Is are the super yeah. team needed? Like Batman, Supergirl, himself, even mm-hmm. his like, daughter. He's like, he's like, I can make these superhero bots. Like, and like we can step back and let 
kind of like let society and let Smallville kind of just take care of itself. Like, are we are we doing more good than bad mm-hmm. with our powers? I guess he did see uh, Age of Ultron. <laughs> nope, he, he's still he's at DVR still. Okay, he didn't watch RoboCop <laughs> shooting penises off. Um, so yeah, it, that's kind of the 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 line it's gonna be walking. Well, that's interesting because there was um one of the issues of this most recent Action Comics arc was kind of Lex Luthor extending uh, an offer to Superman mm-hmm. to be like, why don't you? lead this privatized um security detail firm that'll like enforce justice and Clark was immediately like nope not my jam yeah <laughs> like not we're not doing this I'm out of here I think you misunderstood what I'm about Lex. and it's interesting to hear someone from the super family be like oh, maybe that is Maybe some of this like private task force stuff is a good idea. Yeah. Well, and let's remember that Steel is a little different than all the others from Krypto. Like, yeah, he got his powers differently, but yep. he—I mean—he's still in the superhero, the Superman family, but he may have a different outlook because he has a different uh, perspective of of superheroes. He was a—he was a dude originally, just like a, a dude, yeah, just, style dude, just right? a normal human. Yeah, and then was thrusted into this world and then he started his own company called Steelworks and so his niece works there and she also has oh these... it's his niece not yeah. his daughter right so okay. she also has like these steel powers so um yeah i mean i'm it's a great book i'm glad steel has a book again mm-hmm. it's such yeah, a it's a dope. it's a character that we don't really get too much um you know stories about so i'm i'm interested to see where it goes the artwork in it is uh incredible sammy Previously worked on Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. so it's cool. um, you know dynamite um, artwork going on. Dynamite, you light the fuse of the pencil and let it rip on the page, <laughs> and boom, that's beautiful art. Boom, you got Steelworks number one. <laughs> I saw. Um, have you guys been seeing all the? Uh, swimsuit issue. Hell, stuff fucking yeah! For... The variant covers for DC. Yeah, yeah. DC. yes, I have doing that again. It's summer again, so our heroes are taking their clothes off. Finally, yeah. Um... God, I love this season. <laughs> and one of the things I almost got tricked by is they are huh? <laughs> kind of related to this, and um, they're doing like cover issues of a lot of different characters. Yeah, that'll be like. Harley Quinn's best covers, Poison Ivy's best covers, the swimsuit issue, best variants. Um, and I saw one for like I, Batman or Superman, and I was just like, I'm like auto buying yes. action comics and Batman right now. Yes. And so I like added one to my cart and pre orders, and then was like, oh, this is just a ish- issue full of covers. So watch out. Uh, they kind cautionary of, tale. They kind of read as like it's an annual or a special or something, and really it's just a bunch of covers. Which if that's what you want, then great. But there, I, don't, I don't care for that. There's a great uh, swimsuit variant cover out right now by Babstar, uh-huh. who and it's Batman and Superman, and Batman's chest hair is shaved into the bat symbol uh, <laughs> on his uh, chest and uh i love babstar i think she's an amazing artist yeah. and i always pick up her covers but that one i was just like god damn that's super funny well, what made me think of this was uh steel um mm-hmm. and his niece well does she have a superhero name she's also called steel she's just called steel yeah okay but her bathing suit on her cover mm-hmm. was just like the steel stuff mm-hmm. but had like certain parts oh missing le- left exposed oh right? cool and so it was like this kind of like cool techno looking like mm-hmm. you know a straight line ridge of steel it was like pixely the way it was shaped and oh cool. dig that yeah it was kind of neat it was a cool design the J Scott Campbell one's probably my favorite which one's that it's yes. Batman and Super or Batman and Catwoman, Catwoman laying down and Batman's reading a magazine but the cover is the Bat Cowl. Oh. So it's like right over his, face and it's from a, like a top down. Yeah, view. yeah, it's super funny. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I I print I stupidly 
got the one because it's like two covers that are basically the same. And one of them, they're all laying in lawn pool chairs, normal. And then the second cover is Supergirl blowing her ice breath on Nightwing. And so, like, you put them next to one another and they look the same. But in the one next to them, like, two characters are different and, like, reacting to the ice breath being blown down his shorts and stuff. So I thought it was very cute. That's pretty funny. Cheeky. All right. Books I read this week. First thing I want to point out is the new talent showcase for the oh, Milestone, Milestone Initiative. Hell yeah. I haven't read anything in here yet, yet, but I want to point out this is 12 stories from 24 creators that are all like up and comers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what, 80 pages? Square bound. It, it's $4. Yeah, that's that's how you do it. So yeah. pick this up, please. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how they made it so cheap? They didn't pay them. I don't know. Sponsorship deal. Oh, with Ally. Yes. With Whoa. Ally. They put it on the cover. Yeah, see right there? Now, this is an interesting move. Kind of a new thing for comics, right? You don't see that often. Yeah. That is a smart idea. Mm-hmm. But I, I read the like the front matter in here, and what they did was they had artists and, and uh, uh, writers mm-hmm. submit like tryouts basically and they picked 12 of each and ran them through like a week-long course of like how to write a dc comic Mm -hmm. um and basically said okay write something relatively within the milestone yeah uh canon uh, canon Mm -hmm. that's going on right now and go nuts so it was kind of part like talent showcase part DC training exercise yeah. for these new creators. I love that. Yeah, that's yeah. a great concept. So That's almost like the Marvel Stormbreakers idea. Yeah, except these are like new people that yeah. you're, you're probably following on Twitter and not like Umberto Ramos. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing with the Stormbreakers are already like, wow, you've been yeah. like cranking out <laughs> unbelievable yeah. stuff for years. Yeah. And now we're like, now we're christening you as yeah. like here finally. <laughs> Nick Klein's been here for 20 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. So pick up the Milestone Initiative thing. It, worst case scenario, it's okay and you get 12 stories for $4. Yeah, yeah like, and I mean, if that's one of the things that I think is starting to become more of a collector's item thing Yeah, is a, like, first time a creator wrote for a big two publisher yeah, yeah. or the first time they wrote. I'm sure with a lot of these creators, it's the first time they've had any comic published. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you got a hand, a ton of creators in there. If somebody hits and ends up writing something prolific later on, mm-hmm. it's just cool to have like one of their first stories. Right. Yeah, as it, a as a collector, I like you know can't Jason Aaron's like a writer I love. Mm-hmm. Like, can I get my hands on his first published comic? Like, yeah, that's cool. And this will this will be a cool like con thing too, right? Oh, you could get so many signatures. Collect on it. all those all twenty four signatures on here. Yeah. That would be sick as hell. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, anyway, so pick that up. Um, the books I have read yet so far, <laughs> uh, I read on AWA sins of the Sultan sea by Ed Brisson and CP Smith. Um, solid team already. <laughs> yeah. Great. I, I don't know who, what CP Smith has done, but the art in here was really good. Mm-hmm. And it got this sick, uh, Tim Bradstreet cover. He did like those old, uh, Garth Ennis, Jimmy Palmiotti, uh, uh, Punisher covers. Nice. So this is um, a, a crime story. Uh, a guy gets brought in by his brother for one last score. It's and always one last score. It's always one last score, and it always goes wrong. <laughs> and it did. Oh. Um, the hook to the book, though, is, at least in the back matter material, there's going to be a supernatural twist to this. Mm. Um, they they rob a uh, armored car. And there's no money in it, but there's a, a woman and a kid in there. Oh, no. Uh-oh. So they go to the guy who gave him the tip, and he's like, yeah, I knew there was no money in there, but I had you, ha- you had to save these this woman and these kids. We don't know why yet, at mm-hmm. least in issue one. Um, they ate all the money. <laughs> well, so the book ends with the guy. Everybody dies. Everybody dies in this oh. book. So it's just him, this woman, and this kid basically on the run from 
people that are chasing them mm-hmm. for some kind of reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, the back matter material in here says that this is a cult of some variety. Oh, nice. Uh, seems like a pretty cool book. Brisson writes action really well, and mm-hmm. this is right up his alley. Um, it's cool. I don't know that I've read an Ed Brisson uh, like crime story. Uh, I don't know if he's written some in the past. I haven't read one. The but... Violent is incredible. Is that a, like a Brisson crime story? Yeah. Okay. So this might be similar to that if, yeah. you, if you like that book. Um, but it was great. It's on AWA. Nice. Uh, five issue mini, like a lot of AWA stuff. So not a lot of buy-in. Right. The I other... do love that about AWA books. Easy investment. That I just like know they're going to be low commitment. Yeah. <laughs> is they're... this going to go for 80 issues? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, there's a creator I love writing one. Great. I'll order all of them on pre-order. I'll save, you know, 30 to 40% off of each issue. Except for anything... Straczynski's writing on there, right? It doesn't he have his own universe in AWA? I don't buy any no. of the J. Michaels Straczynski yeah. books just because I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, <laughs> isn't he the new writer for Captain America? Yeah, and I'm kind of excited about that actually. Really, I'm yeah. kind of leery because he's plagued with like I know delays and all kinds of stuff. I know, but if he's writing for Marvel, I mean, Marvel will kick him off that book. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I'm going to buy it, okay? They already Oh, sold. okay. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll at least cover the first issue here. That's right. Uh, but, all right. Sins of the Salton Sea. That was the first one. The other one I read, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Street Fighter. Okay. Well, who did this cover? This looks awesome. I don't know who did this cover, but this is the one I want because 10-year-old me wanted to see Leonardo fighting Ryu, and that's what's on the cover. <laughs> okay, so did you read it? I did. How is it? It's... it's Oh, kind of. Oh. It's interesting. So the first issue revolves around a fight between Raphael and Guile. Nice. Which is cool. Like mm-hmm. they, they don't set you up with all this like, oh, we must get the turtles to fight in the street. No, they're just like in the street fight from the get go. So like Bison and like Krang aren't like teaming up. At Baxter Stockton. But yes. Oh, okay. that's that's the team up. Oh, you know what I heard this week? What? A lot of Street Fighter stuff uh, making the rounds because Street Fighter 6 just came Hell out. Hell yeah. yeah. Right? It's sick. Did you know in Japan, um, a lot of the character names are transposed? Yes. Okay. So the M. Bison thing is he was the boxer. Yeah, he was Balrog. <laughs> yes. Right? And really? Yeah. yeah. And hmm. they, had, they had to change it because M. Bison was... More or less a take on like Mike Tyson. Yeah, it was exactly Mike Tyson, and yeah. they were like, "We cannot have a yeah. boxer named M Bison." Yeah, so like because really... we will get sued. Yeah, exactly right. So they change him to to Balrog. Yeah, and then they make the other guy M Bison, the, the bad guy M Bison. Yeah, that's yeah. yep, that's exactly There's right. There's a couple other characters in there that have swap names, but yeah, um, yeah that's really the, interesting stuff. That's the most famous one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Baxter Stockton and M. Bison have teamed up, um, and what they're trying to do in this most recent tournament that presumably Bison is throwing is to find guys with psycho power. And for those of you that aren't Street Fighter lore nuts, mm-hmm. that's like they're trying to find like it's like what Logan Paul has, right? <laughs> He's got that psycho power. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Him and Kanye West. Ezra Miller has a lot of psycho power, Just brimming with psycho power. It's it's more like the the Phoenix Force stuff from X Men, okay. where like only certain people can like host the Phoenix. Gotcha. Yeah. That's kind of psycho power. So they is the people end, who can like shoot hard energy, energy blasts. No, okay. that's that's separate. That's okay. a different. Thing. That's not psycho. Yeah, psycho power. How, how can we ask you so many? random questions about the ins and outs of different properties mm. and you always answer so matter of factly like the fact that your brain can hold all this like nuanced fandom yeah. for like micro facts that's why he's so good on this show yeah, that's why exactly he's like our friend right. yeah because this is, he's this is more like he's our google vargas <laughs> teaches greg and mike it should be the show <laughs> Look, man. World it, according to Vargas. Any any more in this brain, and I wouldn't have a driver's license. Like, <laughs> I'm, 
at max capacity uh, on bullshit. I'm going to have to start deleting files. Yeah. 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 Send it to the cloud. Uh, yeah. So it, it seems pretty cool. They, they Anyway, the, the, the end of the story, they identify Raphael as a potential psycho power. Yeah, that makes sense. Guy. And presumably M. Bison's going to try and turn him into like a villain. Oh, so that's yeah. cool. It's pretty cool. Um, it's a mini, right? Oh, yeah. There's no way that's an ongoing. Yeah, it's an ongoing. Come on. They have planned 60 issues. 60 issues planned. Listen, IDW is hemorrhaging right now. They'll take whatever they can get as far as content. Yeah. So this, I mean, it was pretty fun. Um, Paul Aller wrote it, mm-hmm. and Ariel Mendel did the art. Sweet. Tom Riley did this cover. Sorry. That's a great fucking cover. Yeah. So there's a, a lot of... A lot of really, really great covers for this. Uh, Freddie Williams did one mm. that is just like chef's kiss, chef's but they kiss. didn't have it. Chef's pucker. If you had to pick a main guy, or who's like the good guy of Tom Hanks, <laughs> aside from aside from America's Dad, <laughs> uh, of Street Fighter, yeah, is it Ken? Is it Ryu? My brain immediately goes to like those two. Yeah, d- yeah. It's Ryu for sure. Yeah, it's he's Ryu's like, like the guy. He's yeah. the protagonist. Okay. He's like he's, the he's like the bad boy that all the all the girls and boys want to kiss. And Ken's the one you want to marry. He's the one I'll treat you right. Is this your own? This my head cannon. cannon. Yeah. This is my head cannon. <laughs> See, I would make the argument that it's flip flop. Really, you think Ken, Ken's the playboy? Ryu's the. He's he's soft spoken. Yeah, he's introspective. He's the you, wounded warrior. You can bring him home to mom, and he'll be polite. But and then he'll break your back in bed. There it is, <laughs> and your bed. Yeah, he'll, he'll give you that dragon <laughs> uppercut. You know what I mean? Send you through the fucking roof. <laughs> yeah, you'll thank him afterwards. That's right. <laughs> so was that your question? Yeah, like who's the ma- who's like the main yeah. headliner of Street Fighter? Right, right, he was the guy. That's the most fuckable. Uh, yeah, I, I was wondering who's going to just break your back. All of, all of them. Which one's going to blow yeah, your back? Every out? one of them. <laughs> Chung Lee, like Dude. every single fucking character. Zangief. Blanca. Are you kidding me? Blanca. <laughs> e Honda. Yeah. Dude, all of them. There is a new character in uh, Street Fighter Six that's basically just like this gladiator woman character oh i've seen fan art mama mia she no. is beautiful <laughs> no she's like eight feet tall yeah <laughs> i would make i'd make her breakfast every morning she is just <laughs> do you remember um there was a resident evil game that had like, like six of them that had <laughs> shut up <laughs> that had there was the problematic one that we don't talk about anymore of resident evil Oh yeah! Did you ever play Resident Evil Five, or do you remember anything about it? I, no. I hot take: I like Resident Evil Five. You like Resident Evil Five? Yeah. So the pro it was set in Africa. Okay, yeah. And if you know anything about Resident Evil, it's like after a while they stopped looking like zombies and they just look like people with like gross stuff inside of them. Gotcha. But <laughs> if you just jump into the Resident Evil game, it's just like. A white guy from America shooting tons and tons of black people. Yeah. It's like, how did this get so far in production without someone being like, no, no, no. We're not sending someone to a third world country to just like shoot moms and mobs of Africans. Yeah. Like, it is fucked up. It's you okay. Watch, he has a black partner. <laughs> you watch, Yeah. You watch the trailer of it now and you're like, they made this? It is like baffling yeah. <laughs> racism the game yeah well and i think they did this they did a very i think they were trying to follow the success of resident evil 4 mm. which was another one that was set like in a foreign country yeah but it was a white guy shooting white guys <laughs> but it was in europe <laughs> yes exactly right they they were like they were spanish yeah which when you hear them speak like um I don't know if they're speaking Portuguese in it, but they're technically colonizers. So it's like <laughs> you can you can make yeah. your you can wrap your head a little bit around like shooting these colonizers infected with like a zombie parasite. <laughs> but when you the Resident Evil Five, I was just like, I can't play this. Yeah, this is rough. <laughs> I can't play any of those games because one, they are scary, 
And two, the controls are very fucking hard. Yeah. Four is one of my favorite games of all time. Same. But you you were talking about Resident Evil Village with giant vampire mommy. Yes. Oh, I remember her. That Ooh. was a like online phenomena where yeah. people were yeah. just like, oh, this woman, I will do anything for you. you Step on me! <laughs> Eight foot tall goddess. <laughs> it's so fun. I think it's so funny to see the like fascination with like unbelievably tall women mm-hmm. and how people are just like, Oh my god. Like, goo goo fucking gaga. Like, yeah, <laughs> like right. pick me up and like, cradle me. Yeah, like you create this like fictional eight foot, nine foot tall wo- woman <laughs> and just nerds all over the internet are just like, How can I make this real? <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, f- they're not flipping out over like a two foot woman. <laughs> Futurama started it, man. Yeah. Death by Snooze. Death by Snooze, no. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is what <laughs> Where it awoken to me of just like, yeah. oh, mama mia. <laughs> that would be, what a way to die. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's how you record an episode of the First Issue Club. Before we sound off, remember, if you want more of this, go to patreon.com slash Club. Head on over to firstissueclub.com. We have a new segment up there that we have collaborated on with uh, the Mutant Puke podcast of basically we created a soundtrack to listen to while you read comics and so this month's uh theme is spider-man 2099 so we have a lot of songs about the future and a lot of aggressive that's cool chords and stuff so we have some coheed and cambria on there some robots by flight of the concords uh swan song by followship so Go over there and check it out, uh, com. Head over to the blog section, and uh, the Spotify link is up there. So we want to thank the the crew over at the Mutant Puke, Mutant Puke Podcast for collaborating on that with us. Hell yeah. Those guys are dope. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm actually fucking amped up because I was talking to him about it, and uh, he has like all these plans for different playlists for different characters. I'm yeah. just like, yeah, dude, like, send, fucking send them over. Yeah. This is rad. And there are some songs in here I've never heard before that I was just like, there's a song by uh, this band called Dwellings called Devices that I was just blaring. It was so good. Nice. Sounds like new metal. It's actually not. It's, it's kind not. of like, a, it's like an emo new metal, not new metal, but emo like rock shit. Yeah. Okay. So go check it out. See if you like it. Sick. Love it. Bye. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Licktig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash first issue club.